So the topic of the word God gave me is speak as matured people. Somebody says speak as matured people. Okay, now turn it to yourself. Say, I will speak as a matured believer. Say it again. I will speak as a mature believer. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to read the book of Galatians, chapter number 4, verse 1 to 2. You can follow it on the PowerPoint, but I'll read it from my Bible. Hallelujah. It said, think of this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves. Until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had, they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul is talking to Christian and wrote to the people, and uh, we call it in the book of Gennet. We see that in Galatians, Paul is addressing an issue of maturity. You know, the, 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 the people of, uh, uh, the, the, the Christian in Galatians, in the book of Galatians, were people that loved God, but became, in a way, uh, how do we call it? They became legalists. They were in legalism, in a way. Remember, these are the people Paul says, oh foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you? After you have heard the gospel of freedom, why do you put yourself again under bondage? And before I go to my message, I want to say that many Christians think that God is pleased at them when they are in rituals. They feel they are doing something when they are in rituals. You see, some of you go as far, when you go to the book of Colossians, go as far as lifting up a day above other days. And he said, the reason why the law was there, the law was given so that it can watch over you until the time of maturity. So the law was given as a tutor. A law was given to look after us until the time Jesus comes to bring us into the freedom of his sons. So he's telling them that when the, if a father dies and leaves an inheritance to a children, to the children, now the word he used there is the word nepios. Nepios. Now, the children he's talking about here is not 
too much in terms of age, but in terms of thinking and speaking. An appeals cannot put together a proper sentence. He cannot articulate well what he wants to say because of the way he thinks. So Paul is saying that your maturity is perceived by the way you think and the way you speak. It means you cannot say you are a mature Christian when you speak the opposites of the word of God. You're not matured. The sign of immaturity is inconsistency. A child is not constant. Today he wants this, tomorrow he wants that. You ask him what toys you, he wants, he does not know because he likes them all. Have you realized when appeals, if you give them toys, they gather it together. And they say to a friend, you don't touch anyone. I'm playing with all of them. That's the spirit of a Nepios. So Paul is saying, Galatians, this is your problem. Your mind, your thoughts are not in line. Doesn't, do not synchronize with your words. And that's the problem we have in the church. I know it, but they talk anyhow. The reason why many people in the church are not prospering is those two fundamental truths, the mind and the mouth. Say the mind and the mouth. They are not in sync. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A, true, a child in appeals is proven by his inability to construct a sentence. So the way you think, the way you talk are fundamental, like I say, in your inheriting the promises. Many people are sitting here, they are still trusting God for things that they don't see. The reason why they don't see is that they wear, the words are blowing away those things. It's like you go toward it and you chase it. And you tell it to go because of the way you speak. I know by strap I am healed, but you know, I feel the pain, I cannot lie. Immaturity. You think you've been truthful, but you are immature. Because what is truth? What is truth? And that's what we must reflect on. What is, you say, I, I can't lie, I must tell the truth. What is truth? Truth is not fact. Yes. The world may define truth as factual. But the kingdom does not define truth as factual. The kingdom defines truth as the word of Christ. I am the way, the truth. 
and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me. So whatever is not consistent to the word of Christ is a lie, although it's factual. Hallelujah. It's a lie. So, so, so the pain I'm feeling is a lie. The way I'm feeling is a lie. Because to confront that lie, I need to go to the truth. And truth will always overtake a lie. Hallelujah. So what the world calls truth is not necessarily what Jesus called truth. Hallelujah. Let me read you a scripture that will show you what I'm trying to talk to you about. I want us to go uh, to uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 13 to 14. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse 13 to 14. Are you there with me? Okay. He said, this thing we also speak not in words, which men wisdom teaches. Hallelujah. This thing we also speak in word. Which men wisdom, which men wisdom teaches. We don't we not speak in word which men wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Let's move on. But the natural man does not receive those things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Hallelujah. It's everything we speak, not in word which man wisdom teaches. What is man wisdom? What is man wisdom? Man wisdom teaches things that can be understood by the mind of man. The wisdom of this world is not the wisdom of God. Yeah. And he said, when we speak a language of God, people don't understand. So when I say, I am blessed, and they look at where I stay, they say, well, what is he talking about? Because they cannot understand the wisdom of his spirits. They are comparing uh, the spiritual thing with natural things. In a way that when you say, I am blessed, they want to quantify the blessing in terms of human reasoning in order to understand. So, we, we, when you say, <laughs> we did the baby dedication two weeks ago, people were looking at, where is the baby? Where is the baby? We are speaking God's wisdom that is not compared to men's wisdom because men's wisdom want to see. God's wisdom says you don't need to see, just believe. Christianity is not based on the understanding of men because the Bible says it's foolishness for men. How do you explain to somebody that a somebody died 2,000 years ago and his blood still speaks for you? How do you tell a man that my sins are removed because I believe in a man from Nazareth and his name was Jesus and, and story tells us that he died but he rose again but I was not there. 
If you believe in what I just said, you can believe in any kind of miracles. Unless you doubt this truth. If you believe that Jesus really came and was born in Bethlehem through a virgin that did not have intimacy with a man, but the baby just dropped in the womb, and, and, and nine months later, that baby was delivered, and he was called the king of Israel. And the king of Israel did not sit on the throne, but he died on the cross. And that king rose again. You were not there, I was not there. But we do believe. So what can't you believe then? Do you believe that Jesus is real? Oh, 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 how many people believe that Jesus is real? Were you there when he was born? Did you see him crucified? You just believe the book? By the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you believe. So then, when God says, speak the way I want you to speak, why do you doubt? Because the, the spiritual, you know, Christians have become carnal. Oh, brother, we must apply wisdom here. Which wisdom? What are you talking about? Which wisdom? Who gave you that wisdom? Or who told you to say so? The wisdom of the world looks wisdom to the understanding of those who are perishing. But unto us is foolishness. You know, there was a friend of there's a friend of mine. I always give his testimony. One time the Lord gave told him to give his car to a pastor. Many years ago. Before he met me, that happened. He gave his car. And he said, But now how do I go to work? God said, Drive your car. He said, I don't have a car. He said, You do. So every morning he goes to his garage, he opens the garage. And he, he climbs into the car, and he goes, and he stands like that. And he says, when he comes, the robot is stopped when the robot is red. And he goes, now, this is craziness at the peak. And he said, three months later, the car was in his garage. This is wisdom. I said, this is wisdom. Because by wisdom, we call the things that are not as if they my God, help me here this morning. By wisdom, we call things that we do not see as if they are. Therefore, we speak those things. Hallelujah. We speak those things by faith. And it manifests. How did God created the world? How did he create the world, sorry? God, by his, by his words. Bible says, with your word, you shall be justified, or by your word, you shall be condemned. So, so condemnation and justification is with a word. The Bible says, with a heart, with a heart, we believe. Hallelujah. But with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. I say, confession is made unto now, now you, you, the problem with Christians is that we are narrow-minded sometimes. When we talk about salvation, we just see heaven. 
Salvation is to be free from a binding situation. Yes, that's what God. Salvation is to be rescued from a situation that will damage you. Salvation is to be taken away from a situation that oppresses you. That's why the Bible says that the people of Israel were saved from Egypt. Not that they went to heaven, but they were taken out of the bondage. So with the heart, we believe, and the mouth speak unto salvation. So, so if your heart believes in what God has told you, let your mouth speak unto that salvation. When your mouth speaks it, salvation will manifest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, see, see. I taught my children this thing. And, and, and my son, he caught me with that. The young one. <laughs> We're driving to the stadium for the crusade. And, uh, and, and they say, wow, the town is empty. Everybody's at the stadium. And, with, and he kept on saying. So I said, son, there is also the World Cup. He said, dad, you told me to speak what? <laughs> I say, if we want to see people at the stadium, let's start speaking here. I say, thank you, son, for reminding me. Because my mind was on because of, he said, don't, don't bring excuses. Just go. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Out of the mouth of the babes. I say, out of the mouth of the children, God will establish his kingdom. Yes. It's not so funny. I laughed in the car. I said, no, you're right. <laughs> I taught them that nothing is impossible. So when they talk, when I say, hey, you must be careful, they say, mm -mm. <laughs> You said. Because with my old mind, sometimes I still reflect like a natural man. But I needed the infusion of a child to tell me that Dad, be careful. You cannot speak two languages at the same time. I want to tell you that your problem is that out of your same mouth proceed two languages. Blessing and fear. And when that happens, fear will become flesh. Because the word that you speak must take a body. The word must become flesh and dwell among us. But it's your faith that gives a body to your word. So when you speak act upon what you say. As you act, your word becomes flesh and dwells with you. Hallelujah. I say 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, now my problem is that I, I can't pray. You can't what? Did you stand up and go and pray and your mouth couldn't pray? Or do you decide that your leg will not carry you to a place where you will pray? Flesh out what is inside of you in order for it to be manifested in your life. Listen. God is not sitting in heaven and say, you, I will bless you. Or you, I won't. Okay, you, you stay at that level. You, no, you, you go to your level. It will be an unfair judgment. 
He wants you to maximize whatever he gives you. Hallelujah. If you are a cleaner, God wants you to be the best of yourself in cleaning. In a way that people cannot do away with you. It is not what you, it is not your title. It's the investment you put in what you do. That way, that's what makes the difference. Everybody wants to be a CEO. What, what, what are you going to do there? The way you are, you want to be a CEO? You will bankrupt the company in two years. There is a reason why not everybody is a CEO. You know, and, I, and catch my heart, I, I'm not speaking down anyone, but there was a company where there was a gatekeeper and there was a CEO. And the gatekeeper was complaining that they paid that man too much. Amen. So they say, okay, let's put this guy at the gate, the CEO, and you go take his place. He went there. The first day he sat there, he started to call his family. Do you have a problem? Now I can help you. I have become, he ate all the cookies that were supposed to be for the client. <laughs> he, he messed up the whole thing. Now, when people were coming for business deal, they stopped at the gate because the CEO gives them the answer. This guy is sitting in here. He's eating the stuff. He's grabbing some to go home and give to his children. In a matter of time, the company collapsed. Because he did not know. Hallelujah. Your problem is not the position you are pursuing. Your problem is what is inside of you that will take you to where you want to go. But you know, we can discern you by your way you speak. You will try to do it, but one day it will catch with you. Catch up. Yes. A lie cannot stay forever. You can say I'm blessed until challenge comes. And then you say, ah, I thought I was blessed. They told me in church to say I'm blessed. Now, no, no, you don't take responsibility anymore. The church I go to, all they say is that speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. Now that all we do, but the reality is that I'm suffering and no one wants me to tell the truth. Now I'm tired. Go on. I've been doing this for many years. I don't see any result. Maybe I must. Go on. Bible says, if you are not growing, if you don't grow weary in what you are doing, at the end you shall reap. He said, a farmer that sows the seeds does not necessarily expect and harvest the next day. He sows the seed, and that's all he knows how to do. The weaver belongs to God. Now you can water your seed by other means, but the way the seed grows, you don't know. So keep on sowing the seed. Your best seed is your words. Matthew chapter number 13 says the seed is a word. Even children, hey, my God, help me, help me. Children are conceived by the seed of the word before the natural seed can conceive them. 
when God wants to bring Isaac, he spoke Isaac forth. He said, you will have a son. The Bible says that Abraham believed, and then Isaac came forth. When God wants to give you something, he speaks it first. Over the years, he speaks it, he speaks it, he speaks it, until you believe, and that thing becomes reality. There are some people that their mind is damaged by the experiences of life. In a way that they struggle to believe. They want to, but something keeps them. Today, God will set you free. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm overemphasizing this thing because this is the month. Your 2023 stays on this month. Yes. You see, there is something with your word. You can send your word to the future and to go and stand at the gate of the future. When you get there, it has prepared the place for you. It opens the door for you and you enter in. Or you can send your word in the future and your word will stand at the door and you will not be able to enter because you spoke something that you don't want to have. Your word, your word, your word have the ability. The ability is in your word to reproduce according to its kind. So when you speak something according to what you believe, it reproduces according to its kind. That's why God, God is a God of faith. I mean, look at Jesus. John 11. Lazarus is dead, is kaput. Hallelujah. He's is, is, is more dead than dead. Uh, because the guy has been dead for four days. So one day death, second day death, third day death, fourth day death. And the Bible says, even the sister says, he's smelling. You understand? When somebody dies, the same day, you can still kiss him. <laughs> After four days, you don't want to go close to him even when you love him. Uh, because there is a repelling factor that comes in. The death is repelling. And let me stop here and say this before I carry on. Unless you see death as an enemy, you cannot oppose it. Death is not your partner to bring you to heaven. People think so. They think death is there to take them to heaven. Elijah didn't need death to go to heaven. Death is not your partner. The Bible says the last enemy to be destroyed is what? The last what? That is the last friend. He said the last? The last? And the Bible said Jesus will wait until all his enemies are put under his And who is his feet? Us. So unless we understand that death is not a friend, we will die a joyful death. But when we understand that that thing is not a friend, hallelujah. So I don't need to suffer, 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 and I die. Hallelujah. And, and, and listen to me. Listen to me. I, I, I'm not saying that people will not die. But I say change your mindset about it. Don't take it as a friend. Fight it until you go. <laughs> Even in your last breath, fight it. <laughs> hallelujah. Don't take that thing as, an, as a friend. Okay, you don't believe that I can see some people have gone into emotion where they close themselves because you didn't like what I said. What, 
is it scriptural that they say death is the last enemy? So if death is an enemy, whose enemy is that? Do you think death is an enemy to Jesus? They all say he die and he dies no more. So who, 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 who is a man that death is enemy to? Hallelujah. Now, it was just something that I just want to put it in there. Because you go into December, don't be offered as a sacrifice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Amen? Amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, what was I saying I came on? Okay, Lazarus. Lazarus was dead for four days. Jesus comes there. The sister said, Martha said, Lord, wisdom says, be careful. He's dead for four days. And Jesus said, where did you bury him? Jesus is saying, I did not bury him. You buried him. You show me where you put him because I was not there when you buried him. So Jesus is not responsible for the burial. So he said, take me there. Do you think Jesus didn't know where it was? Uh, come on. Don't talk even revelation. We're talking about practicality. They knew where they buried the people. Jesus knew where the cemetery was. He said, you take me there because you were the one that took him there. I need you to take me there. So Jesus comes. He knows your problem, but he said, take me to the problem. He said, I am at the door. And uh, he, said, you, he, said, he said, knock, and the door shall be open. He's telling you, I know you are beyond the door, but until you knock, I cannot open it. So Jesus said, take me there. They took him there. You know the first thing Jesus did? He looked to heaven. He didn't look to the grave. He looked to heaven. Because if you want your problem being solved, don't look at the problem. Look at God. The first thing he did, he looked into heaven. And he thanked his father. Say, Father, I thank you. And then he looked at the grave and he said, you take the stone. Away. They took the stone because the stone would have prevented Lazarus to come out. The miracle could have happened, but no one would have known the miracle because it was beyond the stone. So he said, remove that stone so that the miracle can be public. Remove that stone. And when you remove it, the stone of unbelief and doubt, remove it so that my voice can reach to the thing that you think is impossible. He said, Lazarus, Come forth. The Bible has a strange language, a strange language that human beings don't speak. He said, He that was dead. He that was dead. Came. He didn't say, He that was raised. He said, He that was to show you the miracle. So he's saying, Even when he's coming, his former state was death. He's walking out of death. He that was dead. So, so, so the miracle was Lazarus walking out of death into life. And he said, untie him. Untie him. I think of that. It's mind-blowing. 
Do you understand? My God, let me show you something. Bring me a cloth. Bring me a cloth. John, you will be my guinea pig here. Lie on the stage. Lie flat on your back. Yannicka, tie his feet solidly. Bring another cloth. Because, uh, yes, bring another cloth. Do you see what is happening? Uh, I, I just want to give you an example. Just uh, tie his hand. Yanni, he makes sure. Tie the other side. Tie his hand. Are you seeing this? Okay. Yes, make sure. Okay. Tie his eyes, just his face. Put his eyes, yes. Now, this is the way, not exactly, but to give a picture. Okay. Then Jesus come and he say, John, come forth. He does not see. So Yanni, bring him down. Yo, two people must bring him down for him not to fall. Lucian, help. Okay. Now, standing there. Do you understand that Lazarus couldn't come out of a grave by himself? So, something prepared Lazarus. From here to here. What was that power? It was the word. The word of Jesus propelled Lazarus from the grave forth to the people. But then the word did not untie him. My God. Lazarus was still tied up. He was still blind. He couldn't see. And Jesus says, you untie him. He says, you go untie him. Because he that tied up is responsible for untying. So what is happening is, is when the word of God sets you free, you might still be bound by your own mindset. And you have the one to change your mindset by the renewing of the word of God. So Lazarus came forth, he said, and he said, take off the grave clothes. Otherwise, he will be smelling death, although he's alive. There are many Christians that are smelling death, although they are alive. They need to change the way they speak. They need to change the way they talk so that they may go to their destiny. I'm telling you. Destiny is for you today. And you need to understand. You need to understand that you can change. You can change the thing that is troubling you today. You see, untie him. Take off the grave clothes. Because his testimony will not be complete. 
as long as he keeps the grave clothes on you. Your testimony will not be complete unless you change your mind and your way of sport, of speaking. Today, he said, I put death and life before you. He said, choose life and you shall live. It means, according to Proverbs 18 uh, 21, it means that the ability to live and the ability to die is in your mouth. So, am I God? Okay. Haven't you realized that many Christians, when they are sick, the parents sometimes tell them, you can go. You, you, know, you know that? Sometimes parents gather around them and say, listen, we release you. You can go. Many times when we do that, the person dies. Eh? Okay? The power of the word. Power of the word. And I want to finish with this. Sit. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> now, you read the story in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says, the tree of life and the tree of death. The tree of death was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life and death were in the same garden. Hallelujah. The Bible says, man decided to eat of the fruit of death, not life. You can read that. And Bible says, when they ate, God says, we must cast them out so that they will not stretch their out their hand and eat from the tree of life. Otherwise, they will live forever. <laughs> what you don't understand, let me give you a revelation there. God was not against them eating from the tree of life. I'll tell you why he cast them out and he did not permit them to enter. When men ate the fruit of death, his nature changed. Change. He became like, this, like Satan. So God said, I cannot condemn men on that nature. If he ever eats from the tree of life, he will not die anymore, but his nature will be satanic. So men will be like demons on earth. So he said to prevent them from being like demons, let them not enter anymore. It's by love that he prevented them to go back. Because he knew that if they ever ate, it was finished. He said... It's not that I'm preventing you forever. Jesus came and said, I am the bread of life. So Jesus said, what you couldn't eat in the Garden of Eden, now is available to you. You can reach out your hand and eat what you couldn't eat because the angel is not preventing you anymore. The way is open. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except for me. He that has the Son has life. You understand me? So, he said, then the tree of life and death are in your mouth. He said, death and life are over the power of the time. Let's put, I think, Proverbs 18, 21. I want to make sure it's the scripture. Proverbs 18, 21. He said what? Let's read. Those, those who eat what? Eat what? What did God say that shouldn't eat in the Garden of Eden? He said, for those who eat, eat fruit. Let's go on. Go to 8, 19. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
Okay, I think it's frozen. Let's stop it. He who finds a wife, find a good thing and obtain favor from God. So finding a wife is a proceed of your mouth. It's not the proceed of your eyes. Those who are here, I can't see my wife. You need to speak your wife out. <laughs> you are looking, but God says, speak it forth. You are looking for a wife. God says, speak the word. Say, Lord, thank you for my wife. Think, oh my God, my God, my God. You are here, a bachelor, for almost 40 years. You are still looking. Continue to look. When you are 50, you will find. The Bible says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received and you shall have it. Prayer is a matter of speaking. So whatever you desire, speak it forth to God and you will receive it. Today, you cannot blame Adam anymore because the tree is in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I say, finish the time where you blame Adam. The tree is in your mouth. I say, the tree is in your mouth. He said, those who love it, those who, those who love, will eat its fruit. So which fruit are you going to eat today? The fruit of death or the fruit of life? You choose and you will see what God is going to do in your life. Listen, even your life today, if you backtrack a bit, your life is a result of what you were speaking 10 years ago. Today my life is a result of what I spoke when I was 17 years old. If I backtrack a bit, I was like that. I was always telling my friend, after I told them, when I told them first, I said in 2015, I said in seven years I'm getting married. They say, where is your wife? I say, I don't know, but she's coming. Seven years I'll be married. In, in, in 2002, in two, I met her in 2001. Seven months later, boom, we are married. So, boom, came. Yes. I was, I was in another church. I was an MC and I was doing many things. My brother was paying my rent because I was a student. One Saturday morning, he came with a baki. I heard the sound of a baki. I said, what are you doing with a baki? He said, you are moving today. I said, moving where? He said, no, I bought another house. I didn't tell you I want to make a surprise, but I'm taking you. We drop this rental and you stay in my house. We moved to the house. The house was at like one kilometer from the church where my wife was. I wouldn't meet her if I stayed in the other location. God! God brought a baki Saturday morning. Pack up all my stuff. I didn't know I was going to meet my wife, but I spoke it. So God need to make it come to pass. So I went to the church. When I went there, I saw this worshiper. I said, who is that worshiper? You see? So, 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 I did two things at once. I was in the flesh and in the spirit at the same time. <laughs> While other people were worshiping, I worshiped like that. <laughs> 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 
I say, how great are what? I say, how great are you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I knew what I wanted. Seven months later. Ten, 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 ten. She does not even know what hit her. <laughs> she didn't know that I was speaking her. And I said to them, when I get married, after that I will travel out of the country. They say, where are you going? I say, I don't know. The Lord says so. When we got married to 2003, I traveled. I traveled. Listen, you, you <laughs> delight also yourself in the Lord and shall give you desires of your heart. So when your heart is after God, your word will proceed from the speech of the word. It's not greediness anymore because there's a speech of greediness which we don't, we are against, but it's a speech that bears its source in God because you are full of the will of God. So whatever you say, it's what the will of God is. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and is still dwelling among you. I'm finishing. So, she, she didn't know about so I sat down and I told her everything. This is what the Lord told me. And then when I wanted to go to America and the American told me to come to Africa, they bring me a long list of countries where I could go. We're going through the list and I stopped to South Africa. I said, we're going to South Africa. She said, let's pray about it. I said, I've already prayed. <laughs> yeah. She said, can't we pray about it? I said, what do you want to pray for? You will be confused when you pray because you know, why do you go and ask again? Some of you, your confusion comes from the place of prayer because you know what to do, but you are, Lord, what must I do? The Lord has already spoken to your heart, yet you go to pray. And when you feel to pray, Satan confuses you. And you're like, oh, I don't know anymore. I thought I knew, but I don't know anymore. What do you know? Father, thank you for today. Say thank you for today. I want the worship team to go so that we can round up this thing. My God, my God, my God. It, all things are possible. Say all things are possible. All things are Say all things are possible. All things are possible. To one that believes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Came to Broomfontein. I went to the stadium, my heart was pumping. I said, oh God, what is that? He said, what do you want? I said, I want to preach here. He said, relax. I went to a cricket stadium, my heart was pumping. He said, what do you want? I said, I want to gather the city here. He said, relax. 2009, I was sitting in my room. No one knew me by that time. My telephone rang. They said, Evangelist Uncle Bakken is coming to the town at the cricket stadium. And uh, they want you to open his meeting for him. Wow. 2009, I stand in front of 15,000 people declaring the word of God over the city, prophesying things that has nothing to do with Angus. I was, I was doing my own thing there. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the stage most. So I spoke what God wanted me to speak. 
Hallelujah. Amen. So this year we went at the deck. I look at that small deck. I say, I repel you. We're going somewhere else. <laughs> what do you desire? Make sure you line up with the will, with the words. But when I say will, it will confuse you. Line it with the word, and the word shall come in, make it come to pass. He said, do you want to live long? He said, keep your tongue from evil. Don't speak something that the word of God does not speak. Hallelujah. I said, don't speak anything that the word of God does not speak. There are some stuff I don't believe in, and I will never believe in. You tell me if it happened to you, it will not, because I don't believe in. You understand? I will not tell you, but I don't believe in. Me and the Lord knows. I don't, believe, I don't want to trouble you. I don't believe in. Hallelujah. Amen. Because when I go to the word, the word does not tell me that. So I don't believe it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm an unbeliever when it comes to those things. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, what you, I can give you. I don't believe once that the Lord will put me to shame. I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe. The Bible says in the book of, of Psalm 25, say, they that trust in the Lord shall never be put to shame. So it doesn't matter what come on my way. Oh, my God. It will, sometimes it will see like, oh, this guy, but God. When Corona came, most of you thought, uh-uh. But God, because we don't believe in boasting. I don't believe. The Bible says, I am young. Psalm 37, verse 25. I am young. Now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is descendant begging for bread. As for me and my children, they will never beg for bread. That one you can write it down. Never. 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 Because that's what the word says. That's what the word says. I gave a testimony to a brother here. He's sitting there this week. I, was, I, was, I didn't have money anymore. I was a student. And, and I was staying with my sister because I messed up. I spent the money the parents brought us. I was a big brother, so I bought stuff. And there was no money. And we couldn't have food anymore for days. And my sister was so hungry. She told me, she came from school. She said, I nearly stole today. I said, what? He said, I was so hungry. Somebody was counting money. I felt like stealing some. I said, my God, this is a shame. This is, this is abomination. So I took my Bible and I read in Psalm 37, verse 25. And I said, God, I'm not a righteous person, but my father is. You told me that the child of a righteous shall not be forsaken. For the sake of my dad, do not allow me to beg. And the Holy Ghost put in my heart, I must go and visit a friend. He lives about four kilometers from me, but I didn't have taxi fare, so I walked. And I came to a place where it was a marketplace, and there was a newspaper that was folded like that. I fought, so I was kicking it because we were playing soccer mode. I was kicking it, and I was going. And at a stage, I want to pick and read what was in. It was money that was folded together like that. That pack was money. I grab it, I say, my God has provided for me. I live out of that money until the, the parent brought us money again. I am young, I'm old. Now I have never seen a righteous forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. I speak it forth over you that your children will never beg for bread. I speak over you today that 
as you are a righteous person in Christ Jesus, you will never be forsaken. 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 In the name of Jesus, you will never, never, ever be forsaken. Listen to my voice. When the situation will look like you will not make it, the angel of the Lord will come, take you on the wings, propel you to the place of destiny. I prophesy over you today in the name of Jesus. I prophesy over you today in the name of Jesus that my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ. That person that fought, he cheated you. He's the one that will be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. I prophesy over you. You will be the one that will borrow money, not the one that will lend money, not the one that borrows. You will not borrow, you will lend. You will be a giver, not a borrower. You will be the head, not the tail. The Lord is with you. I speak forth in the name of Jesus that the dreams that God has put in your heart shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, the former rain and the latter rain will fall in the same season for you. You will go forth and manifest God in the city. You will go forth and manifest the glory of God. You think you've been promoted. The Spirit says you have seen nothing yet. He said, you have seen nothing yet. I'm giving you a platform so that from that platform, you may decree the glory of God. The Lord is doing it this morning. And the Lord blessing you. I see the blessing of the Lord coming upon the people. I see the grace of the Lord coming upon the people. You're receiving life right now. You're receiving life right now. Everything in your body that is fighting against your life is being removed in the name of Jesus. The power of God is coming to set you free in the name of Jesus. Whatever could then be achieved in your family, you will achieve it. You will rise up like a star from your family. Whatever was keeping your family back will not keep you back. The destiny that people die early will not happen to you. You will grow old and you will go at a full age. Listen, the grave is not your portion. I pray in the name of Jesus that God will raise you up. The Bible says, when you die, it says you, it will be like you are, you are ripe. It means you are full of age. You don't know what to do anymore. Then you say, God, now I can go. Like Simeon, let your servant go in peace. For my eyes have seen your glory. Unless you see the glory of God, you're going nowhere. Unless you see what God said, you're going nowhere. You are waiting here. You are waiting until you see the glory of God. And then that day, you will discuss with the Holy Ghost. You say, Holy Ghost, I want to exit. He said, when? No, tomorrow. You give him the time. Then you say to your family, tomorrow by this time, I'm exceeding this body. I'm praying the name of Jesus that that might be your portion. I curse sudden death. I curse accident. I curse sicknesses. In the name.
The fire of God is in the house. Get ready. The fire of God is falling in the house. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel. Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand, people. Raise up your hand. In the name of Jesus. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. Take. Feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I call to life every dead thing. Receive now. Receive now. Receive the fire. 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 God will confirm his word upon your life. God will confirm his word upon your life. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter what they say. The Lord shall confirm his word upon your life. The Lord shall do it. The Lord shall do it. Receive grace. The Lord shall do it. Receive grace. The Lord shall do it. Shh.